almost said happy Friday, but this is Thursday. That's right. I usually don't, don't do these on Thursday. So happy Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 185 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So we are all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds. We're about taking that little itty bitty voice in your head that's giving you doubts and we tell it to all right, so we bring guests in from all over the world. I've had guests from six different continents. We're heard in 30 different countries, all for you. And if you're brand new, if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and share the post. Help the channel grow. Help get the word out. And if you have no idea who I am or what this podcast is about, this is me. Oops, wrong button. See, going live problems. There it is. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. Alrighty, for today's teachable moment of the day, we are going to discuss the difference between happy and content. Because as I'm working with my coaching peeps, I'll always say, are you happy? Like, well, I'm content. Like, I didn't ask you if you were content. I asked you if you were happy. It's like, well, you know, I should just feel fortunate. Blah, blah, blah. Stop it. Are you happy? It's a very simple question. Either you are happy or you are not happy. There's no in between. And if you're not happy for for 2022, I'm going to make your first resolution for you. Focus on the things that make you happy truly happy. I managed restaurants for 15 years. I made decent money. I wrote I wrote my own schedule. I was in charge of multiple people and I got to make decisions and I made enough money to pay for my house, to pay for the cars, to pay for the wedding, to pay for the kids, but I was not happy. I was slowly dying inside. So you want to not focus on the things that just get you by in life. Right? Stop getting by. It's time for you to live it on your terms. Do the things that you want to do. Because when you do the things that you want to do, you just glow. Right? You glow. When I bring guests on and I try to find out why they're doing what they do, and when they get into it, they glow. And why do they glow? Because they're doing the things that make them happy. Content doesn't make you glow. Okay, so stop settling for content. Stop listening to what society tells you. You should just be happy that you have X, Y, Z. Okay, no, it doesn't work that way. You stop being happy when you accept your circumstance. 
Okay, let that sink in. Okay, you stop being happy when you accept your circumstance. Because again, I had a mentor tell me if you're gonna gonna try to be taken serious as a speaker, you have to dress more professionally. You can't be showing up in a tank top. Here we are, 185 shows later, wearing my tank top, getting my word across, growing my show, inspiring thousands of people all across the world. So you decide what makes you happy, and then you go do it. Okay? All right. So now I have a guest. So she's done a whole lot of amazing things. But in doing my my uh, professional stalking of her, you know, so I, so I know what the right questions to ask, she had a question. Is there more to life than this? And so I named the episode based on that sentence, because at some point, we all think that whether we take action on it or not, we all think that. And I want to know what made her think that. So let's find out. Welcome, Adrian, to the show. Hello. Hey, thanks, Robert, for having me. Thank you for taking the time to share your stories, share your experiences and and, and again, I'm just really eager to dive into your story. But first, where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from Georgetown, Texas. It is uh, outside of Austin, the Austin area, if you're not familiar with Georgetown. So no. so was that hit by Snowmageddon last year? Oh, yeah. we uh, The polar vortex is, uh, <laughs> we definitely got hit by it. And, um, you know, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I sure. So I live up here in Rhode Island where it snows all winter. And even up here, we were like, damn. Yeah, you know, we don't have, you know, the salt trucks or plow plow trucks, you know, to be like, don't worry, we'll just get it out of the way. Mm. (laughs) Always something, always something. That's just like up here when a hurricane hits. I think it was 2012 when that Superstorm Sandy hit. Like people in Florida, North Carolina, they like they're used to that stuff. It destroyed us up here. Oh, yeah. We're used to the rain and flooding here. So exactly. <laughs> we had a little swap action going on right there. <laughs> That's too funny. Are you, you originally from Texas? Yes, sir. I am a native Texan. Um, and actually, in December of 89, my dad's business took us uh, to California, Southern California, supposed to be temporary. And uh, <clears throat> by the time my parents moved back, I was in graduate school And it just wasn't the right time for me. So um, after my husband and I got married, had kids, we decided to make the move. So uh, we moved back here about six years ago. So super excited to be back in my homeland. (laughs) (laughs) My home, the motherland. That's right. (laughs) Like I was born in New York and I had absolutely zero desire to move back there. Hey, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I finally decide to leave Rhode Island, I'm going somewhere warm. Yeah. I've told all my kids that, that are ready to us. So when you guys come to visit, there will be palm trees. <laughs> not, not dealing with this cold anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So, through the lens of your best friend, how would they describe you if I asked them, who is Adrian? I would say through the lens of my best friend, um, they would describe me as a bubble of energy, spunky, passionate, um, putting others first, um, and taking the bull by the horns and uh, really being 100% um, authentic to myself. I am a straight shooter. What you see is what you get. Um, and I would say loyal. 
All right, so you said something very important right there. You said 100% authentic to myself. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? That means um, that I live without worrying about judgment from others. And that's taken time to develop. Um, because in my, uh, you know, I share my story that that wasn't always the case. And that actually is what hinders you um, in life, in business. But, um, you know, I, I'm no fluff. <laughs> I mentor my students um, straight up. It does no service to blow smoke up people's dresses, right? Like I fully believe, you know, I'm an entrepreneur building that business. I'm going to be me. I'm a mom. I'm running this business from my home, whether it be in my car at a game, you know, and so this kind of idea of being perfect, looking a certain way, right? That's garbage to me. Um, and me being 100% authentic and true is, you know, this is what you see. This is what it looks like to build a business, you know, from home, from wherever, right? So um, I just am a firm believer in showing people exactly what it looks like. Um, and, you know, when, as you said, or your little video about, or your mentor, your mentor said about dressing a certain way, um, you know, I'm here to show people you don't have to be anything other than yourself yes. um, to make something that you want to make and create. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation. <laughs> you are speaking my language. Like just today in my gym, one of the women was saying, you know, you really got to like switch things up some. I was like, switch things up some. I was like, why? And she's like, well, you know, we're doing the same things over and over. I was like, well, but that's how you get results. If you want, you can't just bicep curl once and be like, boom, there they are. It, it doesn't work that way. Like it's repetition. You got to yep. get repetition in. That's how, like, you don't get flexible by stretching once, right? <laughs> right? It's, it's like you don't lose weight by eating one salad and drinking yep. enough water once, right? It's called habits, yep. daily habits. And those things translate over into business as well. But, you know, I just want to focus on that authentic stuff because people who watch the show on the regular, I talk about that constantly because people show up on what their boss wants them to be or what their husband or wife wants them to be or what their kids want them to be, what the coach wants them to be. It's like, who are you? <laughs> like, that's my question. Who are you? You know, and just like, like you, I'm a straight shooter. Just like I was saying on my opening speech, like, are you happy? It's like, answer my question. <laughs> it's like, I don't want the sugar coated around the bell answer. Like, are you happy? And, and even in the gym, like, oh, probably I got on the scale today and, and it didn't move. And I was like, okay, you've been here 30 days. <laughs> you know, in the first 30 days, there's going to be a give and take. If you haven't lifted weights in six months and now you're lifting weights, right? If you might put on two pounds of muscle and you might burn two pounds of body fat. What's two minus two? That would be zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, so it's like, just focus on the habits, establish the habits. And then months down the line, you're like, wow. You know, and it's the same yeah. principles in any, every single facet of life. Exactly. You know? you know, and you said about happiness, if you're living for others and you're not being 100% true to you, right? Like you're being someone for your spouse, you're being someone for, you know, whatever that looks like, that, that isn't happiness. Exactly. You know, so if you're living for yourself, truly leaning into who you are, embracing, you know, all your imperfect 
perfections, right? Uh, or your perfect imperfections, sorry. Um, you know, then that's where you find your happiness because you're living for yourself and not for others. Yes. Oh, love that. Love that so much. All right. So let's, let's dive into your backstory some. So how would you describe your childhood? Gosh, my childhood, uh, <clears throat> I would say, I mean, my parents, uh, you know, they, they really sacrificed a lot. They didn't finish college because uh, they, you know, they had my sister. So my dad worked six, seven days a week. Uh, my mom uh, left the corporate world to care for us, you know, be a full-time mom at home. But they made it work to where they really gave us every opportunity for us to find our thing, right? Like find what we, what, what lights us on fire and what we excel in. So, I mean, I was tomboy involved in all the sports. Um, you know, I was also, I danced in an academy. I played the saxophone, right? Like, um, you know, and I actually, I accomplished, I accomplished a lot throughout my athletic career. Um, and there, but, but that came with me, you know, taking that bull by the horns because I had a lot of people tell me I couldn't do things. And for those that know me, <laughs> you're not going to tell me I can't do something because I'm going to set out to prove you wrong. And so, I mean, I was, I was diagnosed with ADD and told, you know, you'll, your daughter's not school material, but she'll never go to college. Okay. I worked my butt off and I got my senior year, I got my first 4.0. Like I had to prove to myself that those people were wrong about me, right? Um, I pushed, I wanted to play sports in college, um, but I couldn't decide which one. I love them all. I just really loved being active and I love being around people and teams working together. So I, um, I actually finished my high school career. Uh, I lettered in, I set a California state record, 13 varsity letters, six different sports, and I was able to go on and play in college um, <clears throat> and won a national championship. It was amazing. Nice. It was it was a crazy story the year of that success. Um, and from there, uh, so my childhood, I would say, you know, our family, since we moved away from everybody, my parents instilled in us, you know, the meaning of family. And we had fun and we had each other and, um, you know, faith. I uh, faith played a really strong role throughout my life, um, whether I was in a phase or not of where I doubted it. Right. Or yeah. where um, I saw pivots and, and, and my faith putting things before me or things happening for me, not to me. I like to say things happen for me. Um, that I might not necessarily had seen at the time as a blessing, but they absolutely were. Yes. All right. So first you said about your parents, they allowed you guys to find your thing. Yeah. One thing I find in this, like doing this podcast, when I'm getting the guest backstory, is that they tend to, one of the first careers they get into is something that their parents wanted them to get into especially with my international guests. Like it's, it's like out in um, Asia, India, Australia. I, I hear it a lot where, you know, my parents said, you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, you have to be an engineer. 
and they end up going off into those those fields and then they they get that there has to be more to life than this it's like that's why when i was looking through your stuff that's why that resonated because that i got hit with that myself you know the tail end of, of the restaurant industry and i'm sitting there and just putting out fires day after day and then coming home to a house house full of little little children like i, I had five kids and so at the time they were all tiny and just it's like this this can't be it <laughs> you know, at, the, at the time i was in my mid-30s so i was like this can't be it until till i pass away it's like this just can't be and so yeah. like, it, you know something has to change but like you said there are people who told you that you couldn't do things and again people that watch the show know i say a lot you know i dropped out of college three times and it, like that just wasn't that environment just wasn't conducive to what I need to learn. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, I was, I mean, I was doing fine. I think one semester I got a three point eight. So, like, I didn't leave because I was dumb. You know, I just, I, I wasn't stimulated. Like, that didn't do it yeah. for me. So, I, I ended up le leaving school. But you get that stigma. If you don't have a degree, you're gonna end up, you know, pouring coffee somewhere or flipping burgers, right? And, you know, and and so I, I let that get in my brain that this is all I can do because I don't have that degree. And I kept thinking, well, maybe I'll go back to school. So, uh, but that just doesn't work. And so once I crossed over into fitness, it was by accident. It was supposed to start as a hobby. And mm -hmm. then the hobby just kind of grew. And then I started making money with, with said hobby. <laughs> and then I started look, looking at my corporate job, cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, but then, then it, it was tough to, to make the jump. Right? And I want to get into into to, to yours to yours in a second, but it was tough to make the jump because from the guaranteed income to okay, this is here now, but will it be here six months from now? But yeah. then, I, but then I lost my management job, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, "All right, I guess the universe is telling me to just go full force," you know. And yeah. so when when you were when you were in choosing your initial career. What, what was your first choice? So uh, as I was in college, I was also, so I would play, I was playing uh, volleyball. I also had played uh, a season of water polo um, and <clears throat> I was coaching also at my alma mater um, and I was coaching club in the off season for extra money. And just because I love sports, I love volleyball, I love uh, to give, you know, to give back. And so actually this, after we won a national championship, um, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I was given a 55% uh, chance of living. And so that's when that whole uh, questioning my faith came in, um, you know, and, and all those things along that journey. Um, but my perspective and my outlook throughout that whole process is absolutely what saved me in my opinion. Um, and I ended up uh, going into remission and realizing, like I say, like, that's when I realized like my purpose that I right. was saved. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Hold on. Let, let's, we'll get back to that in a second. Let's, I don't want to gloss over that. All right. So, so what was your thought process once you got diagnosed? So I, I would like to say I'm like the strongest, I'm the strength in the family. Uh, you know, uh, my mom's, my mom is strong, but um, I would say uh, when things like that happen, I tend to not react emotionally. Um, my thought process was, 
well, you're the doctor. I'm not. This is your expertise. Like you tell me where we go from here. But I had a really horrible experience when I was first kind of uh, not with my my oncologist, but with doctors that I had been uh, that I was in the hospital with that gave me the diagnosis and all this stuff. And they and they basically I was in school, you know, I was coaching and they basically said, you need to stop going to school. You need to stop coaching. You need to move home and like stop my life. And I said and I was like, you're telling me I need to stop my life for this thing that came into my life to disrupt it. Like, I'm not going to let this thing come in and disrupt my life. Like I have a path I'm on. Right. And so I basically was like, you're telling me to go home and feel sorry for myself and lay in a bed and die. Right. Like that's how I looked at it. I, I was not a happy camper with that doctor. Yes. And so did I move home? I did. My dad retired to take care of me 24-7. My mom worked to keep the insurance because it is expensive with chemo and all the things. And my dad drove me to my college classes, uh, to the gym. Just he was there for everything. But I chose to laugh, to live, to, to continue my life um, and try to be as normal as possible. I still went out with my college friends. And, you know, went to parties and stuff. And, you know, I, I tried to be as normal while handling this over here. And I chose the route of positivity and gratitude because I would go into my chemo clinic, sit next to somebody. And man, so many people had it so much worse than I did. And I had a 55% chance of living. And I'm over here being grateful, like that I had this cancer and not that. Or I would just see so many people lose hope and give up. And it is hard. It is hard. You get tired of being poked, tired of feeling sick, your hair falling out, all the things. But it's temporary. And I knew that I had to fight that. I had to fight. And I knew that if I felt sorry for myself or I was depressed, that actually kills white blood cells. And you need all the cells in your body to help you fight this. So if I didn't want to, I didn't want to add to my death. Right. So I took the other way. And, um, and so when it came at me, I mean, I did have a moment where I broke down. There was a moment where I, I cried and I said, why me? And, you know, just all the things I've accomplished so much. I'm a good person. There's so many horrible people out there, you know, not knowing that this was a blessing afterwards that this needed to happen to put me on my path. And again, I didn't know what that path was, but I knew I was, I was after I came out of this, that I, there had to be a reason that I came out on the other side, that yeah. God's plan. I needed to navigate through that plan and figure out what my purpose is and how can I pay this forward? How can I go and impact humanity? you know, in a positive way. And I still didn't know what that was. And then it was, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, uh, Sorry, I, let me, let, let me pause you there. Yeah. And then, we'll, then we'll get into how you, how you picked up the pieces and move forward. All right. Purpose and passion. So we can get you back on, back on your thought process. No, cause uh, you said a lot of, a lot of golden things there that I want to highlight. So the first thing is you said, I chose, you said, I chose 
to to smile. I chose to be happy. I chose to hang out with with my girlfriends. And you know, again, people know the whole premise of this show started because I was told I'd never run a jump again. You know, like it says it in my opening video. And I remember sitting in on laying on that stretcher and the doctor coming in and taking taking the brace off my knee. And within half a second, he he just opened up and said, "Ooh, you're never gonna run a jump again." And now my twin boys were four months old. I had a two-year-old and my two older kids. And and my first, I'm crying, thinking I'm not going to be able to like play tag with my twin boys. I'm not going to be able to play basketball because I'm a big athlete too, running track. I even now I, I'm in a volleyball league. I play softball in the in the spring and I run track in the summer. And I do obstacle races year year round. Like I'm super active. And just in that moment, it's like I just let this guy define what my future is going to look like. And then once once I dried up the eyes, I was like. He don't have it like that. <laughs> like he, who the who the hell is this guy to tell me what I'm gonna come back from? Yep. Like your job is to fix my knee. I'll take it from there. <laughs> no, you don't know me. <laughs> exactly. So, and I want to say it was right around five months later was when I ran for the first time, and it was ugly, but I ran. <laughs> you know, but at that moment I was like, I'm fully coming back. Yep. Definitely. And since then, including track meets and everything else, I've done over 160 races since that <laughs> since that diagnosis. You know, and awesome. and because I took the mentality that you took. All right, I can sit here and what was me this whole thing and accept his prescription for my future, or I can carve my own path. And I took I took what they were telling me in physical therapy. And I magnified it. Like they told me do minimum of three hours a day. They didn't give me no maximums. So I did that stuff all day long. And even my my now ex was like, um, do you think you're overdoing it? I said, they told me don't underdo it. They didn't say anything about overdoing. They said, don't underdo it. <laughs> and, and so, but it, it all came full circle because I, I heard it at a track meet. I was do, doing a high jump with uh, my kneecap. Just everything just pulled. Mm. and so but it all came full circle when I got back onto the track and to, to just complete the comeback I haven't lost in the high jump since wow. <laughs> since getting back on since 2016 yeah but undefeated in the high jump undefeated in the long jump I lost in 100 meters once I pulled a muscle during the race but other than that I'm undefeated in 100 meters and 200 meters as well but after awesome. being told you'll never run or jump again yeah and everything I'm doing now has to do with running and jumping, <laughs> you know, but, but, but that's, you know, and, and again, I should, I just to add on to what you said. Okay. So this happened. Now, what can I do with it? You know, so when, when people are in a rut and so, oh, well, so-and-so said I can never do that. So yeah, well, I had someone with a PhD tell me I'd never run a jump again, you know, and now you can relate that story to, to, to theirs. And, that's how this podcast was was born. That's how my my speaking program was was born. All from taking. Okay, that happened to you. Now, what can we do with it? Exactly. And I help people create stories from the trauma and issues that they've gone through in their life. So, back to you. All right. So, how did you pick up the pieces and then navigate to doing what you're doing now? So I uh, decided, man, how can I pursue what? I'm passionate about, which is sports. And 
how can I continue to impact the youth? I was coaching uh, volleyball, I was coaching basketball um, and, and softball and track at, at my alma mater. And, um, you know, I wanted to go to work, to a job and love waking up every day. So I chose to become a high school PE teacher where I could continue to pursue coaching, uh, volleyball and, you know, all those things. So uh, I felt like I could impact. I could be that mentor. I could be, you know, that role model that if I could impact their life, somehow touch their life as the youth, it would carry on with them moving forward. Therefore, I was like, I'm starting down here in that ripple effect. Right. So uh, got my credentials, um, got my first job, moved to San Diego, uh, started coaching. And uh, I think I was teaching for about six years uh, when I'm just like hungry for more income, you know, Um, you know, constantly saving to just do one like vacation. Right. Or or or, you know, whatever that looked like. Um, And so I, I said, okay, well, if I want to move all the way over to the farthest column, you know, I've got to go back and get my master's. And plus, at the time, I was naturally, I, I say I'm like kind of a natural leader. I've been the captain. I just kind of naturally, yes. you know, that that comes naturally to me. Um, and so I've always kind of climbed up. Like I started getting into committees. Then next thing you know, I became the head of our entire department. You know, then I'm here and there and I'm involved everywhere, you know, in in student stuff, you know. Um, So, okay, well, I'm going to go back and get my master's and, um, you know, get to the farthest column, make more money for myself. And that looks like going into administration. So I felt like, okay, if I went into administration, I could really impact the kids because of decisions being made from the top down. And. Um, at this time I was pregnant with my son, my second child, which they are my miracle children because the doctors also said, don't know if you could get pregnant or carry to full term because of everything that you've gone through with your chemo. So another one, right? Um, my miracle baby. So went back, got my master's while pregnant, hadn't had him while pregnant, started moving into the administrative world as an assistant principal at this at a high school. And um, man, it was like this flip, like you're now on the dark side, right? But now the teachers are like, because and it's like, I'm just trying to pursue me and <laughs> and make a positive difference. And now it's like, because you're ambitious, you know, and this is where you learn about your circle, right? You're ambitious, that people kind of, you know, want to take you down. And so it was it was a it was a tough time for me, but I took it head on. That's what I do. Showed up every day with a smile, which also, unfortunately, pisses people off when you're positive and happy, (laughs) you know. And so um, but I knew what I wanted to do. Like I knew I was on this mission and um, I was going to do it to the best of my ability in the most integrous way. Integrity means so much to me. Um, But where I say there has to be more to this in life or is there more, right? Is because I found myself again, getting a lot of work dumped on my plate because I was good at what I did and I handled things and, you know, and I, I, we were doing a lot of things that weren't necessarily, or what consumed my day was a lot of the, the negative side of education, the behavior stuff, 
you know, the drug dogs on campus. We had a we had a daycare facility, a six million dollar daycare facility built for our students' babies. Okay. Wow. So we had, I mean, we had lockdowns, we had SWAT on our campus with rifle. I mean, it was just like, man. So I felt I don't know that I could do this for another 20 years because I got into administration young. Um, and I just started to think there has to, I, 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 I felt like I was put in this bubble and I cannot be put in a bubble. I have yes. too much light to shine. Yes. And so how can I, I started to think I'm tired of waking up at five 30. I'm tired of having to go along with policies and things on things I don't believe, like they weren't congruent with who I am. And, and just for a job, like it was, it became super political, like the higher you got up and it left a really ugly taste in my mouth. That's not the education I got into and was excited about. And so while other people have different experiences, I know like there's other great schools and other things like that. This was my experience and this is what I was, you know, my journey um, throughout this, but I um, I started to just think like there has to be more than this this mediocrity of waking up every day, going to work for someone else and doing things that don't necessarily make you happy. Can I find happiness in my day? Of course I can, because that's who I am. And those are the choices that I make. Yes. But it wasn't setting my soul on fire like my my fire of my soul had been blown out. You know, like I, it was no longer serving me. And I wasn't feeling fulfilled necessarily in that role, but I liked the income. The income was good. It was a six figure income still didn't bring the happiness. Okay. So hear that guys, <laughs> you could be making that income, but you still will can lose your, your, lose your passion and lose that drive um, because it's not happiness. So I, uh, I ended up seeing some stuff on social media and uh, about starting a side business. And of course that was totally frowned down upon because I'm supposed to be this professional and you know, you're doing one of those. Well, I saw- And it's all scams, right? It's yeah, all scams. Yeah, all a scam, right? <laughs> and uh, my, my girlfriend is someone I went to high school with. She was a college athlete. She was one of the top pitchers in the nation, played at Oklahoma. And then went on and played professionally. And so I'm thinking, of course, relatability. Man, if she could do this, I could do this, right? Like uh, we both have the similar skill sets of we're both athletes, like, you know, all these things. So I jumped in and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, you know, like go bug your friends and family. Holy crap. All these fears, all this judgment, everything came fluttering up and it hindered me for for a, a time period. Um, it hindered that vision that I wanted. And I questioned and doubted, could I, could I do this? Could I, could I really create this? Or is it just all show what you see walk across the stage or, or, or whatever that is. Right. And so I continued to plug away at it, but I hated the way that that business was built, that business model of friends and family, because I, I, and so I started thinking there has to be a way to build this without relying on your friends and family. I mean, you know, how right, people who actually want it. Right. But without <laughs> having to go out in person and cold, you know, cold market people like because that wasn't congruent with me. Uh, I didn't like talking sales. I didn't like 
selling people on stuff. Like it just felt yucky that that part of the process. Yes. Now, now don't get me wrong. This is a business. So you have to understand you're in a business. You're, you're moving a product, you're growing a team, right? So I'm over here trying to work this business in between while I'm in the bathroom, while I'm on my lunch break, right? Because I saw the vehicle of entrepreneurship and what it could do for you, for for your life and I wanted that so badly because I was paying for before and after school care for my daughter. I was paying for daycare. I couldn't take them to school. I couldn't pick them up and that crushed me. That as someone who didn't even know if they were going to have kids and then you have kids and 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 now you can't even be there for them and I was spending the weekends exhausted just catching up on life doing laundry and picking up the house and going grocery shopping that's not living and that's not fair to my kids i wanted to spend weekends experiencing life and and giving them experiences that create memories and and all those things and so that drove me to continue to push to continue to do those things i didn't necessarily want to do but i knew they needed to happen in order to get me to where i wanted to go so my husband and I ended up moving back to Texas at this point. Uh, I had been trying to build this business uh, for almost two years and we get to Texas and I don't get hired. I don't get hired. Uh, I had some of the best uh, references. I mean, from assistant superintendent principals, right? But they're very, you know, close community here. We're in a smaller town. And the thought of even going back into the classroom, I mean, I was, there was so much resistance because it wasn't in alignment. It wasn't in alignment with me anymore. And so I thought, hey, I now have more time to build this business. But that necessarily didn't like mean I was putting more time into the business. Like this yeah. is this learning thing where people think, man, if I just didn't have this job, I could build, I could be more effective. And that's not the yes. case because man, is it hard to work for yourself in the beginning or what? I yeah. mean, I was busy cleaning. Okay. Once the house is clean, then I'll sit down and do stuff. Once the laundry's done, once this, right? Like <laughs> now you have all this time. So you, you don't do hardly anything. Well, you know, without my income and, you know, we had bought this dream house, but we're thinking I was going to have an income to help. Um, we start slowly started to spiral down with our finances and um, I ended up uh, we ended up actually ended up stumbling upon, um, you know, this business strategy of how you could build your business online so that you don't have to bug, you know, your family and friends and all that stuff. And so as I was like, oh, my gosh, here it is. Here it is. Here it finally is. My husband's like, this is the last last effort towards this business with, you know, with this whole thing. And if it doesn't work, you're going back to the classroom. And I am like, that is not an option. <laughs> oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> and I was like, I remember like, you know, be, and I'm so passionate. So like when I'm in conversation, I am like, <gasps> you know, just, I'm just so into it. And I'm like, you can't make me go back to a job that I hate. It just eats my soul. Like I felt like I was being put back in jail, back in that box. And I had to do whatever it took to not get put back in that box. Yeah. I, and, I just, uh, just want to highlight real. I just want to highlight real quick because right there, what you're describing is where so many people give up. 
at that at that moment because we all hit it. I I hit it too. But you not getting hired was because the universe stepped in or whatever you believe in stepped in and was like, no, because yep. it was the same thing with, with me having those limiting beliefs, like not having a business background, not having a degree, not realizing that restaurant management taught me a whole lot more than I thought it did about what I needed to know to move forward. And, you know, same thing. I was sending out resumes to for uh, management jobs again. I'm like, I have a solid resume. You know, besides, yeah, I lost my job that one time. But other than that, I got 20 solid years of, of a great, great track record. And I was like, if people aren't even biting, like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like, because I'm supposed to keep pursuing fitness. <laughs> I'm like, that's why. Like, just because it's hard now, there were many days where I started renting place at a karate dojo. And, uh, I had a little yellow sign that said weight loss boot camp on it that I put out on the sidewalk. Now we just sit in the gym and just wait. And you know, because build it and they come, right? That yeah. that's what that's what you're told. Build yeah. It and they come. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm waiting, no one's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and so so and again, you know, I had I had my my wife at the time, I had the five kids, and again, the house, the cars, and you know, income wasn't coming in. And and it wasn't because, all right, this doesn't work. It's like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> that that's the problem and so yeah i applied for a scholarship there's a big conference out in california called fitness business summit and i had saw it the year before but i was just too too cheap to pull the trigger because i gotta buy by the flight and i gotta get a hotel and a rental car and all this other stuff i just started looking at the expense of everything i was still in that mindset to where like, oh, this is just going to cost more money and more money that I'm not using to feed the children. <laughs> and so once I shifted the thing, well, I can't say I shifted because I, I won the scholarship because, uh, you know, having the knee injury. And then a couple of years later, I donated a kidney to my sister. So and I've always been a good storyteller. So when I applied, I, I just made it sound just really good. And I ended <laughs> up winning. So only thing I had to pay for was the flight. They paid for everything else. But but in that conference was where everything changed. When I got to see what was actually possible, because too many times, like you said earlier, made you question your circle. And so if, if your circle isn't propelling you to those higher things, you don't have to like stop with that circle, but you just have to find another one that aligns with your business aspirations. So once I got in that environment, that's where everything changed, you know? Yeah. So, so you're into to this point to where your husband's telling you, listen, <laughs> this yeah. has got to work. Are you getting back in that classroom? So right. what were the steps you took to get to where you are now? Yeah. So um, we ended up having to sell our home because I mean, uh, like I said, the income wasn't coming in and we were spiraling down fast. Yeah. And at that time, uh, I took my husband to this event um, and I needed him to be there to hear and see it so that it's not like, oh, hey, but I got to tell you about this. Right. Like I needed him to be also not bought in, but like have his support. Um, and and don't, don't, that doesn't mean I have to have his permission to do things because I definitely did things and then told him later. Right. You know that. Uh, um, yeah, because a lot of a lot of women. Yeah, you wanted him to see what you saw. Yeah. Right? Okay. And, and and this was online stuff, so it was kind of technical, and two brains are better than you know whatever. Yeah. But a lot of women 
you know, I see this even with our students and stuff. A lot of women, you know, my husband says I can't. And, and so I can't, I can't do this and I can't do that. And, and, you know, um, it's one thing to have like a support. It's another, like for permission, come on, like you are your own person. Yeah. Okay. These are your hopes and dreams. Like don't ask for permission, you know? Um, and so, and so we were losing our home. We sold our home. We go to this event and I was like, I need to do this. Like, this is, this is it. This is the thing. And that means I needed to elevate myself. I needed to learn online strategies. I needed to create my website. You know, I needed to really get start, you know, branding myself. And so that what came with an, a hefty investment. So, and I'm talking like multiple, 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 multiple five figures and basically our savings and what we made on the house. And my husband had belief in me. He allowed me and we invested into that to learn these skill sets, learn this and apply it into my business. It was a 12 month, a 12 month program, kind of. And I say it like it's like going back and getting, you know, your your master's in marketing, you know, or whatever. And so and so I dove in. And at the time, again, I'm telling you, we were bleeding um, and I was in survival mode and I had to create I had to think of some way to create an income while I could still have flexibility to build this business, get on calls one-on-one with, with people, uh, you know, that I've been bringing into my business or whatever that looks like. And so I looked around everywhere. Uh, I, I even got almost to the point of accepting a job as a realtor or, 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 or sorry, at an insurance company. I'm like, who am I? The insurance? What? Like, (laughs) I mean, that's not me, but I was willing to do whatever. So I ended up finally, delivering groceries in my neighborhood. And at the time, that was a hard pill to swallow because I was still thinking of judgment, but I had to my I had zero forks to give at that moment because it was survival. I knew what I wanted. And so guess what? That was a humble slice of pie. I ate it. It was what it was. You've got to drop your ego at the door because those people's opinions aren't paying your bill. They're they're they don't have your vision. They don't know what you want. You're here to create. So I was delivering groceries. I was able to make a couple thousand a month doing it, nice. and I was able to get paid every day. So that every day, I mean, literally, I could buy groceries. I mean, there were days we had negative money in our bank account, you know, and 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 but I knew if I stuck with it long enough it would happen. And how many people are willing to go that low, that low, that low? Uh, you know, I mean, I had, I had collect debt collectors calling me, blowing up my phone, you know, not being able to sleep at night, but still waking up and finding something to be grateful for a roof over our head. Even if we didn't know if power was going to get turned off tomorrow, whatever that looks like. And as I stuck through it and I committed a hundred percent, I mean, 100%, I started to get results, started to see results. They started to trickle in four months in, four months in, uh, you know, thousand dollars here. Then the next month, even more. Then it just started growing and growing and growing. And before I knew it, I had created a six figure business within 11 months of starting that. Um, And from there, uh, you know, now you're elevated. Now you're the next level. Guess what? You still face challenges when you, even when you move up to the next level. Yeah. So uh, I ended up being able to 
you know, mentor inside of that community and help pay that forward. Um, but then I, again, kind of got not complacent. I kind of got uh, comfortable. And, you know, when you get comfortable, you know, that, that means you need to take the next step. Yeah. And so, you know, what's next? What can I do? And I wanted, you know, bigger and better. So myself and some of my uh, people that I had met inside the community, really close friends of mine, uh, we thought, how can we make a bigger impact on this? How can we make a bigger impact just from within, you know, outside of our own community? We wanted to impact more entrepreneurs, not just the ones that were enrolling in our teams, um, because so many people are struggling doing the old strategies that didn't work for any of us when there is a new and more effective way that you could do this and love actually building your business again. So we created, you know, a new community. We created a, uh, you know, a paid group where we're, we were trying to reach more people. And from there, we grew uh, multiple or we grew a seven figure business in 14 months and hit multiple seven figures three months later. Nice. Uh, we launched this right before the pandemic. Wow. So, so um, the ascend and everything, you know, happening. So now as I reflect back, right, um, in my story, um, God has definitely paved the way of, of, of subtleties and, and things happening for me, not to me, because yes. it gave me a change in direction and navigating this path to freedom. And freedom isn't you don't have to wake up and go to work. It's, you know, you don't do anything. That's not freedom. Freedom is choice. Yes. Okay. So choice, you have the freedom to choose your schedule, create your schedule, the freedom to work for yourself and not for someone else, the freedom to have choice or the freedom to create your own income, right? And that income, it's not just about money. It's what are you going to do with that money? How are you going to pay that forward? What impact on humanity are you going to make? And what experiences, not things, experiences are you going to give to others from that? So um, I, I firmly believe looking completely far back, my cancer was this, that was the trigger that set off this, this path of me navigating and, and, and trusting myself uh, of, of, what sets my soul on fire and what my purpose is and knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm so much bigger than, than that. And that I have so much more to offer, uh, you know, to, to the world because I know my value. Um, and if you there it is. Value, I was patiently waiting for that. <laughs> you don't value yourself. You're selling yourself short on so many levels in life, in, as a mom, as a, as, as a, as a wife, as a, as a, as a friend, as a sister, uh, because you allow, you know, you allow, I'm going to say for mediocrity or to be treated a certain way or, or for whatever that is. Um, and so I valued myself knowing that I was born with a purpose. Okay. I was born and whatever that is, I, in, some people think what, Oh, I can't just be this, you know, this movie star. Okay. That doesn't have to be your purpose. Maybe your purpose is, to exactly. you know, your passion is to compete in, in an Ironman. Okay. Like compete in a bodybuilding, whatever that looks like. Okay. It can be smaller than creating a seven figure business, right. For yourself. So, but if you don't have a purpose, 
Okay, if you don't know what your purpose is, you're not going to have a vision. You're not going to have clarity. And if you don't have clarity in that vision, you're just, you're just, like I say, uh, you're just sleepwalking through life. You know, that's not what life is for. It's to live and to thrive um, and not just to sleepwalk and be unhappy in mediocrity <clears throat> because you have a choice. Everybody has the same choice. You're not happy with your weight. You have a choice. You're not happy with your job. You have a choice. You're not happy with you're around negativity. You have a choice. You open up your social media. Don't say Facebook is negative. Oh, it's so negative. You, you are in control of that because yep. you are friending those negative people. So, you know, I, I just think, I, I firmly believe that that was a huge pillar for me. Um, and then it was kind of up to me to really navigate and get there. See, no, no, what it boils down to is that it, it makes you actually feel your mortality, yes. you know? So I, I've never been diagnosed with cancer, but when I was going through the process to donate the kidney to my sister was when I started thinking, you know, it's like we have one heart, we got one spleen, we got one pancreas, but we got two lungs, we have two kidneys, you know, we got two nostrils, two ears. So so wherever we came from decided it was a good idea that we have two kidneys and I'm giving away one. It's like, it's like so I get it. People live with one every single day. But again, we were designed with two. So it yeah. just started making me making me think a little. But yeah. just, in, just throughout that process, I was like, I'm not doing things. I don't want to do ever again. It was like, and I don't care who it, who, who's bothered by it. It was like, I really don't. It's like, Hey Rob, we're all going here. You want to come? No, thanks. Why not? Cause I don't want to go. I was like, I, I don't owe you any other explanation. Like I yeah. don't want to go, Yeah, you know? And that's like safeguarding your time. You're safeguarding your happiness and creating those boundaries. It's not selfish. It's necessary. Yes. And, and then once people realize that, like people talk about self-care, self-love, self-awareness, but then when you do it, you get called selfish. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, how, how the hell does that work? It's like, you're telling me to take care of myself. So I'm safeguarding my happiness. Like, like you were saying, if you're around negative people, you have a choice. You know, so my, my ex's family, a lot of them, I won't say all of them, but a lot of them, they, they just look at life through a negative lens. And I just hated being around that. Yeah, And so, you know, like our, our relationship was on the rocks for a long time, but, but it's like, I just finally said, I'm not going to any, any of those functions anymore. Like, and I don't care who's mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really don't. Like, I don't want energy yeah, suck, you know, yeah, I don't like for me, four to six hours around negativity. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what was that? Oh, oh, you were saying something. Oh, no, no, I wasn't. I finished. Oh <laughs> no, I was just saying it's a major energy suck. I mean, and that oh, yeah. was like that was like the inner battle I was facing daily. I'm this super positive person going into this job that was it was like it was like forces like you know battling each other, like just getting sucked out of you. And it can happen in your circles, you know, and we allow people, uh, whether it's our family and friends, uh, to detour us uh from reaching up and and pursuing 
those things that get us out of that bubble or pursuing those things that set our soul on fire because whether they laugh at you and scoff like, okay, like, let's see you do that or that thing's not going to work or, you know, just whatever that looks like, right? The negativity. And so then you're just like, okay, I'll just stay over here. Okay. No, no. Right. And it, and it's sad. I listen to women or, you know, I, uh, we have, we have a, um, country club community. So there's, there's lots of functions and and events and stuff. And I listen to so many people talk about their unhappiness with whatever, wherever they're at in their life. And I just sit there and like, wait, like, are you handcuffed? Like, are you muzzled? Like you have a choice, like you have this choice, but you are choosing to stay where you're at because guess what? It's safe. It's comfortable, you know, and that's the thing is, is you've got to have guts. You've got to have guts to be bold enough to stand up for yourself because you value yourself and say, no, I want more out of life. I deserve more out of life. Like I know I have more to offer and to give. And, you know, then you have to have the grit to get through that um, because, it's it's not easy. If if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? That's what they say. If yeah. if 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 everybody could get rich, everybody would be doing it. But there, the other side to that though is not everyone that's rich is happy. Correct. So, so going back to what you were saying about finding your purpose and pursuing your passion, you know, like I, I always tell people, don't don't chase money. It's a chase your passion. Yes, you chase your passion. There's no shortage of people that will throw money at you if you're chasing your passion and you're helping people in some positive way. And like what you were saying earlier too, and uh, where I added in, well, you 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 said it first, but knowing your values, like you get to control your value, you know. So now not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur, but I always say this show is for that person. That was like you. You were in an environment. You were doing well. You were making money. You were able to provide, you know, for for, for the family. But your your how did how did you word it? The fire of your soul was blown out. Yeah, like that's that's huge. That's huge. So when your when your uh, soul is ignited, you're unstoppable. Yes, absolutely unstoppable. Like it doesn't matter what is in your path. Let me tell you, I've always been a confident person. I've always been been a resilient person. But coming back from that knee injury is where I became unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> and since that surgery, I've actually had six others. And people can't tell. Is that I'm out there running? I'm competing. I said I'm playing volleyball. I'm do, I'm doing all these sports and and I I do I play to win. Like when I'm in competition mode, I'm out for blood. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, that's just how I am. And oh, how, yeah. how people always say, you know, you know, what's one thing about you that people wouldn't know just by looking at you? And I say I've had seven surgeries. They're like, no way. <laughs> They're like, and you play basketball like that? Like, and you run track like that? I was like, yeah, because after that first one, I realized I am unbreakable, you know, and I help people as they navigate through the traumas they've gone through in their life. Like just recently, I was working with a woman who in her 20s, her her first love committed suicide in front of her. And so so we fast forward a few decades later, and she's still navigating what happened. And, and I told her, I was like, now, I, I've never dealt with what you've dealt with. But that happened to you. 
right? Like I stated earlier, like you stated, right? Mm-hmm. I said that that's something that happened to you. What are you going to do with that information? I yeah. said, just for right now, you're allowing it to hurt you. So we have to transfer that power to now we got to pluck out all the teachable moments and we got to use that to empower other people. Yeah. And, and there's so many people hanging on to baggage that happened to them yes. years and years ago that they're allowing to hinder them. Like they can't move forward from it. Right. Yes. And, and so it is, it's, it's uh, you have to find those, those moments um, to move forward so you can move forward because you can't control anything but right now. Yes. Okay? I say that all the Not, time. So that is in the past. You're allowing things. And I did that. I allowed, I allowed, uh, kind of, you know, I was honored in high school for winning all these accolades and sports. And I kind of got hated on by the popular girl, mean girls or whatever. Okay. And I allowed those, that moment of judgment to hinder me moving forward in life for many, many, many years. And that was holding back my greatness, right? Like of who I was designed to be. And, and so, so many people are hanging on to events that happen or whatever it is that happened. Maybe, maybe their doctor said they were never going to be college material like mine. And they're holding on to that thinking they're not worth being successful. Right. But that's where, you know, it's, it's, it breaks my heart, but we, we all see that. We all have that, that you have to come to realization that, that you can either allow that to continue to hinder you moving forward for the rest of your life. And you're going to be unhappy and it's going to be all these things. And you're never going to be able to do those things that you wanted to do. Or it is, what did I learn from that moment that I can carry with me forward? Like I can take from that. Okay. And I got to leave it in the past because it is in the past. The only thing I can control is right now. I can't control tomorrow. Even I can control right now. Right. So like we all get this like in our head and oh the stress about something in, in a month. Well, it hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. So, you know, like we attach these feelings to thoughts and then we allow them to consume us and eat away and stress us out and all these things. And then you finally get to that moment and it happens. And then you're now past it on the other side. And it's like, well, that wasn't, I didn't die. Like that wasn't bad. Right. <laughs> so it's realizing, you know, take a day at a time, you know, one foot forward at a time. Okay, but you can only control right now. You cannot control what happened in the past. Can't control what's going to happen in the future. All you can control is right now. And what are you going to do with it? So true. Love it. So I want to bring up one thing that I'll give, give you the final thoughts and then we'll, we'll bring it down is, are, have you done an obstacle course race? Oh yeah. I've done a bunch of obstacle course races. Oh, nice. Awesome. So when, in a lot of my speeches, I, I reference those because they're such a good metaphor of life. Because, you know, people, for the ones who train for them anyway, it's like some people put in a lot of money in training, whether it's personal training, getting a running coach, you're getting the top-notch shoes and the right outfit, the right sports bras. Like, you know, you, you got to get everything ready for this event. And then the second you get to that starting corral, come hella high water, you're going to finish. No matter how many mountains you got to climb, no matter how muddy you get, no matter how long the barbed wire crawl is, or if you're doing Spartans, you got the bucket carry and the Atlas carry, you're wet, it's cold, it's windy, it's maybe raining. It's like these, I've been on these courses in every possible condition, every, <laughs> every possible. And 
And I just always hear from people, no, you got this, you got this, we got this, we can do it, we can do it. It's like, I love that community. But yet in, we'll call it the real world, people just try to drag it down, like you said earlier. But the difference is you have a choice to let them or not. Yeah. That's the thing. Because one thing that I developed, like I said, coming off of that, off of that knee injury, said I was pretty resilient, but you know, in my younger days, I could, I could be swayed out of things. <laughs> but like now, if I'm fixated on something, it, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. It's like this is happening. So I did, I did a race in Killington, Vermont. I completed the race. I did fine with the race, but it, I got a condition called rhabdo, and having one kidney, rhabdo can be deadly. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm in the hospital for four days, getting flushed out. Now, this race was about 14 miles. And two months later, I had a 30-mile race. But this one was more on a flattish course. And so I, I'm going, I'm, I'm at my doctor's now. And he's like, so are we going to back off of these races for a little while there, Robert? I was like, uh, <laughs> I have an ultra coming up yeah. <laughs> in November. And, and he got all serious. Like, he even got teary-eyed. Like, he's been my doctor for, guys, like, 17, 18 years now. So, so, you know, we have a good good relationship. But he's like, Robert, he's like, please don't do it. It's like, it's not worth it. And again, his eyes are getting glassy. He's like, you got to think about, about your children. He's like, you know, you're an excellent father. You got to make sure that you're healthy and you're there for your, for your kids. And after all of that, <laughs> I said, how many kidneys do you have? He's like, two. I said, then I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> I, I said i'm gonna go online and i'm gonna find someone who did this race with one kidney and i'm gonna study how they fuel themselves how they keep their electrolytes balanced what they did for hydration you know what their training regimen was and so yeah. there's, a, there's a spartan ultra group right right on facebook so i went and i asked hey has anyone ever done done an ultra with one kidney and i got six responses and I, and I started inboxing two of them, adopted their, their habits. And ever my mom was telling me, don't do it. My siblings were telling me, don't do it. People in my gym were like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Listen, this is happening. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, this is happening. It's on my list. You know, it's like, it's not like I didn't complete the other race. I completed it. It just, you know, it overwhelmed my, my, my body. And I got that, that condition. I said, so. I found found people with one kidney who did this, and I got it done. <laughs> you know? yeah. so I, I got my buckle in my room. So so I so I can share that so again for, for for people listening and just to validate what what you just said is that there's always gonna be noise. You know, there's always gonna be people telling you, but what they're really telling you is that they can't do it. Yes, because they can't do it. They're trying to tell you you can't do it. Yes, they project their they project what they're unhappy about and their insecurities out onto you. Uh, so when when you know someone's trying to you know those haters come out or someone's trying to discourage you or maybe they're not clapping in your corner as you're leveling up and you're you, you're having some success or you've accomplished something maybe you finished that race and those people aren't clapping in your corner. You know what? It's a them problem. That's not a you problem. Yes. They are projecting their own inapps. And maybe that is jealousy over the fact that you put yourself out there and you went and chased something 
you know, because they don't have the guts, they don't, they don't have the courage to do it for themselves. So they just want to tear you down. <clears throat> yep. Uh, big, big pet peeve of mine. Well, that unfortunately is our time. I feel like we can talk forever. You know. <laughs> All right. How, how can people get in touch with you? <clears throat> so people can get in touch with me um, by going to adrienlindine.com. Um, go to my website. You'll find all my social medias. Um, you'll on there. You will probably see, uh, I just launched a new book. Um, if you guys want to go grab it, it's called guts, grit and glory. Um, how to break through and create a life of freedom. Um, that book hit number one, uh, bestseller in awesome. seven different countries. Nice. Um, so you can go actually go to guts, grit and the word and glory That'll also give you, you know, take you to my website and just take you everywhere else. So um, that's where you can find me and connect. So thank you, Robert. I so thoroughly enjoyed this chat. It was just like hanging out with a friend. Uh, (laughs) And I love to chat with someone else who's also uh, athletic minded. Right. Uh, You know, because I really feel that that um, those characteristics in people, um, you know, a lot of people that like yourself pursued the things you've pursued, created this thing, you know, that kind of that driven mentality have been, you know, people who uh, are are into that fitness or, you know, they've competed at some level of something. Yes. So I love that. So thank you so much for having me on here. My pleasure. Again, thank you for take, taking the time. And I knew this was going to flow well. Kudos, kudos to Tina, too, because she said she's like, you two, you two need to connect. Tina Torres is amazing and so yes kudos to Tina love that girl (laughs) love it yeah she's gonna be on my on my panel on the 8th of January and if you would like to be on a future panel you know just let me know and I'll I'll invite you back it's where six of us was myself and six other guests will yeah we get together I pick a topic and we just go round round table again very very organic and uh, it's they've been pretty they've been pretty cool. It's like you can you can go on my Facebook page and look at some of the other, or just go right to uh, the Shut Up and Grind site, and you can see them. But they they flow well, and people connect as well. So yeah, well, well I'd love to. Fun. I'd okay. love to for sure. So awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't even think we scratched the surface, so we can no. definitely, <laughs> yeah, we definitely come back in. When I first started this, I used to do a half an hour, and I was like. No, like we're still doing the intro almost yeah. at a half an hour because I like to get to know the people. You know, it's like I don't want to just come in, talk about business, goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, like I want to get to know you. What makes you tick? Like why you do what you do? Exactly. You know? That's really hard to unpack and like get to the good stuff in thirty yeah. minutes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to well let me let me double check with with, with Tina. But I, I have a bunch of uh, podcast slash radio host friends that I can uh, connect you guys with. If you want to help continue spreading the word? Yeah, sweet. I do appreciate that. Awesome. All right, my pleasure. Thank you. Right, so I guess guess we're all done here. Unfortunately, you you have yourself a great day. And again, thanks for taking the time to share with the crew. You too. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. All right, so that was Adrian. If you're just tuning in now, make sure you go back and watch the entire thing. I will be back again tomorrow at 11 and also Saturday at 11 this week as well. And because I, I missed Friday and Monday last week due to travel. And I think that's about it. So you guys have yourselves a great day.
You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Until next time, shut up and grind.